Hello again, and thanks for listening today. This is Stepping Into Freedom, a podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from Alma 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Today is episode 42 with Livia Putris. Um, I said the last name right, I hope. Yes, you did. Okay. So Livia is a passionate creative. She loves to inspire individuals to live and not just to be alive. Uh, she has simple, powerful tools and processes that she uses to uh, stay in faith, joy, and gratitude, even in the most challenging circumstances. Um, so for that reason, this conversation is going to be great, at least on my end. I hope our listeners get something out of it, too. <laughs> uh, she believes that transformation can happen in an instant, which I highly agree with, and her mission is to share uh, stories of faith uh, through the Consecrated Life Project um, and strengthen people in letting God lead. Uh, Livia lives by faith and experiences miracles daily, uh, creates inspirational products and programs, that wake up the mind, inspire the soul, and support divine creation. Uh, she is also passionate about transformation, connection, nature, essential oils, and one of my favorites, music that inspires. And we'll be talking about, on top of all that, knowledge today, which is awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, um, can you actually? I was wondering, could you like kind of give a brief summary about what the Consecrated Life Project is? What is that? So basically, I've been on this journey for the last seven years or so of really giving my life to God. It's, okay, take me, help me to live according to your law in a deeper, more personal way. And so I'm not just doing the motions. I'm not just reading my scriptures and saying my prayers, but I'm really allowing it to change who I am and allow my to receive that higher level of being in alignment with God and being able to have that Holy Ghost as a constant companion that will guide me. And as it promises to t tell you everything that you should do, that the Holy Ghost will tell you all that you should do. And so I've been on this journey and I've met so many cool people and they're either in a business or in a family or just feeling like they're being led by God, whether that was, I felt like I was going to be a mom and then I got guided to start this business, or I felt like I was going to be a business and then I had kids and decided to stay home, or I thought I was having one kid and then I had 12, you know, <laughs> or I got divorced and now it's a yours, mine and ours and I have nine kids. All these different things and the ways that God guides our lives individually. And I found these stories were so inspiring and yet they weren't being shared. They were shared one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in those moments. But I feel like the faith and the strength that we can gain from each other's stories is so great. And so I'm bringing these people that I've met together and people that I haven't met that God just guides me to. And telling their stories of faith, their stories of how they got to where they are. And it doesn't mean that they're totally perfect or they've got it all figured out. It's we're all at our own place in our journey. But how have you seen God's hand in your life? And how have you been able to align your will with his and say, okay, I trust you, even though it's hard, even though it makes no sense whatsoever why I'm doing this thing. In my heart, I feel that I'm supposed to. I really feel you're guiding me in this thing. And so you do that thing. And then later on, you can figure out why. Or and sometimes you don't. Or, you know, you're supposed to talk to a person and you talk to that person and it changes their life, but you never know. And so there's always these things where God guides us. And as I say, I live by miracles daily. And we do. We all have miracles daily. It's just whether or not you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yeah. If you're awake and alert, you will see the little tiny miracles. Most of them are within yourself. That moment of transformation, that moment you say, hey, wow, I've decided that I'm going to trust God. That's a moment of transformation. Yeah. As soon as... You Make the decision then you change your reality you have to maybe recommit to that decision every day or when the doubt tries to creep in but you really change who you are the moment you make a different choice and that's the power of agency and I love it so I'm sharing those stories 
and video interviews and will be podcasted working on that. Um, and right now we just have a Facebook group. So if you want to join, go to search a Facebook, um, the Consecrated Life Project, and it'll pop up. We're doing giveaways and fun things as more people join, different things like that. And I'll share the interviews there, and then we'll run on donations, sponsors, and supporters. So if you're interested in any of that, come on over and join us. We'd love to help cool. you. Yeah, so for listeners today, that sounds like a really cool thing. Be sure to I'll, I'll see if I can put a little blip about that in the description or whatever links you, you have to that. That'd be great. Sure. Send them. Yeah. Um, one thing I also loved, by the way, um, when it comes to, and there's a way I want to relate this to knowledge at some point in our discussion today, too, is when you, the whole thing you mentioned to me about changing in an instant, right? Um, it, it just pops one of my absolute favorite quotes to my mind. It's by Alder Holland. And, uh, I think this was like in, a, in the New Era magazines, maybe? I forget exactly. But he's, uh, I have the quote here. It says, You can change anything you want to change, and you can do it very fast. It is another satanic falsehood to believe that it takes years and years and eons of eternity to repent, which is change, right? It's, that's the synonym, right? Um, it takes exactly as long to repent, he says, um, as it takes you to say, I'll change and mean it. Of course, there will be problems to work out and restitutions to make. You may well spend, indeed, you better spend, the rest of your life, proving your repentance by its permanence. But growth, change, renewal, and repentance can come for you as instantaneously as it did for Alma and the Sons of Mosiah. And I'm like, yes! I love that. You need to send me that quote. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it reminds me of a, just a short clip from another book. Have you heard of The Triumph of Zion? Mm-hmm. It's another book. He says in there, um, you know, basically that we need to stop looking at the scriptures partially as a, you know just an inspired history book of the lives of ancient faithful and more as a divine mail order catalog. It's like Nephi had a vision. I can have a vision. Alma and the sons of Mosiah had this miraculous change. I can have that miraculous change. Heavenly Father, how do I get it? You know? Yep, I found that so true. And when I take it literally that way that God promises we can be just like him. That is a knowledge. This is a truth that we can have of I can have and do and experience all these things if it's in alignment for me for my highest good in my mission and why I'm here. So you might pray your whole life for a vision, and just because you don't have one doesn't mean God doesn't love you. you It just means that for your unique journey, maybe you didn't need the gift of vision. You needed the gift of tongues at a certain time, and you got that. Maybe you needed the gift of patience, the gift of love, and God will give you what you need at the moment you need it to support you in wherever Mm. you're at if you will seek his face. Yeah. Totally. Oh, the other thing is, too, if, like, if you look at the brother of Jared and Ether in the Book of Mormon, right? His faith was so strong that the Lord couldn't hold anything back from him. So it's like, you know, his faith turned into knowledge as he got to the point where he was, like, the Lord's like, look, I don't not want to give you any of this stuff. I just know what you need for now. And like, I wanted to give this, all these great things to you eventually that you see in the scriptures. And it's just we have to work there step at a time sometimes, you know. And sometimes we can take a bigger step, sometimes we can't. So... Um, kind of going into our first question, actually, with that for you today, uh, with ex- personal experience uh, for different people out there, um, and you know, I, I, there's there's the difference that we have in the church between you know mankind's approach to gaining knowledge and the Lord's way of doing it. And, you know, so we believe that you know through our own experimentation, research, critical thinking, there, you know, those are ways, those are like key parts of gaining knowledge and learning. But we also believe. Um, for listeners out there today, we believe that there has to be a balance also of personal scripture study, like you mentioned, Livia, um, prayer, uh, reasoning things out in our own mind, turning to God's prophets, because God's the master, chemist, physician, artist, mechanic, all that great stuff. 
every other area of expertise you can think of, and so every bit of knowledge we gain has to be measured against what he says about it, since he is the ultimate source of knowledge and truth. And so with that in mind, Olivia, if you, you know, I'd kind of like to talk a bit about your moments in your life where that process of gaining knowledge has worked well for you, and you know, what, maybe what particularly freeing effect um, that had on you. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah, for sure. And it's really interesting because I've been pondering on this question for the last week or so, and I'm like, what does God want me to share today? And I really had no clue on which one he wanted me to share. And as you said that, one that was like super sacred to my heart came to me and I was like, really? This is not one I usually share with the public. <laughs> but there was a time when I was 17, 18, and I was like totally absorbed absorbed in seminary and doing all the good things and it was awesome and I felt like I was really close to the spirit. And I don't even remember what I was praying about, but I had this moment when I was kneeling by my bed, I was praying that whatever it was, I don't even remember. But I just remember having this moment and it felt a lot like what I imagined Joseph Smith experienced when that darkness came and it was so heavy and I felt the dark presence in my room and I could not move. My body was frozen and I couldn't open my eyes and I was just there. It was like in my heart I knew that I could move and I knew I was just kneeling there. But the darkness was so deep. It was almost like it paralyzed me. And it was interesting because I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything out loud. And I had to, in my mind, remember that all light casteth out darkness. And I have the ability to rebuke Satan. So in my mind, I said this prayer, you know, I command you to leave, command you to depart. And the darkness lifted. And it was the coolest thing because having that knowledge, because I had studied the scriptures, because I had known these things, in that moment, if you're experiencing that and you hadn't previously known that you could rebuke Satan, if you didn't understand that concept, then would you know what to do in that moment? So it was kind of a reverse situation versus studying it out in your mind and then having God confirm it. It was like, I've been taught this my whole life. I've known this and I've studied this, but now I'm experiencing this. And the world would say, oh my gosh, you should be freaking out and what's happening to you, you're possessed and like all this stuff, you know, would have been what the world would say. But God's way is, yeah, there's powers of darkness. Yeah, there's powers of evil. But you, as a child of God, as a being of light, have the ability to rebuke that darkness. And so I did. And it took a minute, but I could feel it move and leave. And I went to my dad's room and he gave me a blessing at 17, I snuggled in the bed between my parents and I stayed there. <laughs> but it was this really, and I don't know why I'm supposed to share this. Maybe somebody who's listening needs it, but it's not something I normally share in a public situation. But I just trust whoever gets guided to this will be the one who needs it. Wow. You know, it's not surprising to me. I, I think there's a reason why the Spirit guided you to say that because, Olivia, I can actually relate personally from firsthand experience um, on my mission. Similar situation. I was serving in London at the time, Ontario, and I was going through some really crazy, like, faith crisis, depression stuff. I was a full-time missionary already, as it was. And I woke up one morning, and I just, similar type of thing, I just felt this just crushing darkness. I was laying there in the bed. I wasn't even praying. I just woke up, and I, I woke up, and I couldn't move. Similar to you, I, could, I almost couldn't open my eyes at all. I'm like, like, just paralyzed with this crushing fear. I'm like, what's happening? And I eventually, just, you know, 
praying, Heavenly Father, don't, don't let this doubt overtake me. Don't let, I, I was kind of not thinking straight. I was like, don't let me commit the unpardonable sin. I feel like there's doubt in my head. Don't let me, you know, that's totally like out of my league. But, and then eventually I got, you know, I prayed enough for the, and I got the strength to at least fall out of bed, call on mission president, and same type of thing. He talked to me and I was like, oh, human voice, that's relaxing. That's a godsend. And it literally was. And so, I, I can relate completely to that crushing feeling. It's like light overpowers it. Well, and it says that the truth will set us free. And so when we know the truth of who we are and of what we're here for and the fact that the power of God is in us and that we live accordingly, I think that's the biggest thing that I've been trying and striving to do for the last long time, more intentionally for the last seven years, mm -hmm. is to really live according to God. Say that, you know what, if I am doing my very best at everything that he's asked me to do and keeping the commandments and living so that the Holy Ghost can be that constant companion, then I have the power to overcome anything that comes my way. With mm -hmm. him, of course. We're never going to be perfect in this life. It's with him. <laughs> but when we have that relationship with him, the Holy Ghost will bring all things to remembrance. You know, it used to bother me that I would read scriptures or do scripture masteries and try to remember these things. And I'm like, I can't memorize stuff like that. And I finally came to the point probably five or six years ago where I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to fill my mind with as much goodness as I can and trust that if it's in this memory bank, then at the moment's notice, when I need it, the spirit can bring it to my remembrance. So my job is to just fill my life with goodness and light and good stuff so that that's what comes to me. Can you see but, all these books behind me on the shelf here? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, there's like same type of thing. I have all these books like there's a, I just got for my birthday this, um, hearing the voice of the Lord, and I've got, like, infinite atonement and stuff back there, and same type of thing, so I, I totally feel you on that one, it's like, just, you know, cram your mind and your heart with knowledge, kind of like, this analogy in my head, this kind of grab bag, if you will, where it's like, in moments of, oh, what do I do, it's like, I'll just kind of proverbially reach my hand out, okay, I'll just grab something here, oh, that's nice, okay, I'll use that, and, oh yeah, the Spirit taught me that too, okay, the, the, whew, I'll be okay, you know? <laughs> Well, I know in the quest for knowledge, too, I've read a lot of books, a lot of which were church books and a lot of which were not. But it's like, okay, I'm reading with the spirit and seeking knowledge of, okay, what part of this, what is in alignment? And if something didn't set right, I'm like, okay, we'll just throw that part out. I don't need to hold on to that. There you go. You know what I mean? But just take the truth that I can gain from the places that it is. And then obviously, if I feel like something's totally not true, I just don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to be where I would want to read a whole book. I would be like, okay, but then I'd get mad at myself because I'm like, I didn't finish that one, but I started something else. And it was still the same thing. It was that giving myself grace and be like, okay, I can trust that if I read this book for this long and then I felt to go somewhere else, that I got what I needed out of that book. Or I put it on the shelf and then I'll come back to it later. And sometimes you just open it and read the chapter in the middle. You know, just trusting that wherever you're guided is okay. And if I'm in the middle of five different books right now, that's okay. And I just say, hey, what do you need me to study today? And sometimes it's a conference talk, and sometimes it's a book, and sometimes it's scripture. Well, I always do scriptures, but I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, where he wants me to focus or yeah. study, or, but I need to learn that totally. he will guide resources that I have. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing else you mentioned there, when, uh, back there a bit when you mentioned, uh, you know, making a part of our learning and our knowledge experience with, with the, like, partnering with the Savior, I, it reminds me of... Was, have you heard Raymond Madsen's lectures on the Prophet Joseph Smith? Really good stuff. You gotta check that out. There's a part in there where he talks about uh, when Joseph goes to pray, right, uh, for the first time, and the Father and the Son appeared to him, and 
And uh, Chiwen says, one of the things that I've, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but one of the things that he said he gathered from that, like, uh, and he, he kind of paraphrased, I guess, Joseph's words with it. And he's saying, one of the things that Joseph learned early on was that, um, was that with a healthy, if you will, respect for the powers of darkness, that they are real, like, you know, like you and I had mentioned already, but also that, you know, he learned to have a glorious respect for the power, and the way Truman, his tone of voice is key here. I love how he does this. He goes, the power that overcomes darkness, light. And it's like, yeah, that, that, that's the right tone to use there. It's like, poof. <laughs> yeah. So yes. and that's, that's yeah. what it feels like. You know, it's like, whoa. Yep. There's actually a really simple meditation that I like to do. So I will go outside and I'll put my feet in the grass so I'm totally grounded to the earth. And then I will put my face towards the sun and I will literally look up and I will just imagine, and I will say in my head, or sometimes I say it out loud, that I am grounded in Jesus Christ, that I choose to plant my foundation in him, and that, that I am connected to heaven, and then I imagine the light from heaven coming and filling me, because I'm looking towards the sun, so I can feel that light, and I just imagine it filling every part of myself, like every cell of my body, and waking them up, and helping them to function properly, and do whatever it is that God needs me to do, and then that this light stops in my heart, and so it fills me all the way up, and then it rests in my heart, and I just put my hands on my chest and hold my heart, and then I imagine that it expands. So the light fills all of me, and then it expands from me. So I radiate the light of Christ as well as reaches around the world to find whoever it is that I need to touch. Wow. And it's really cool because light does cast without darkness. And whenever I do that, no matter how hard the day is, I feel God's light because I'm intentionally calling it into me. And... It's the asking you shall receive. I'm taking the time to really ask that this is the intention of my heart, that this is what I want and who I want to be and how I want to serve the world. Yeah. Well, the, the who you want to be part there, actually, I, I love that you mentioned that. I, was, I wasn't sure where I was going to bring this into the conversation today, but this is, I think this is a good place, and I'll let you mention that. Because I, I wrote a song a while back. Uh, it's kind of, I did a kind of a sketchy job on YouTube trying to do it on guitar and singing because my, my wife was... What's up? You heard a song or you wrote a song? I wrote, I wrote it. Um, and it's funny because I tried to sing it on YouTube and my wife, she's, she's told me several times and she's probably not far off, but uh, she's like, oh, your you, pitch isn't bad, but your vocal quality needs work. I'm like, no, whatever, I'm going to try this anyways. Anyway, sorry, side note there, but I, I put it up on YouTube, tried it, and the, the chorus of it just matches what you said really well there. Um, and it says, no matter what you know, what you do, or what you own, none of which is worth it to accrue, Unless you allow it to transform you somehow, it's only as good as it makes you. Ooh, I love right? it. Send me, I want to see it, even if it's bad. Okay. Yeah, whatever. You'll, have to, you'll have to pardon, maybe I'll put the link in the description or something. People can go and be like, oh man, you, do, you need to work on your voice, but it's, it gets a good message. But. but maybe somebody would find your song and they would love it and they'd be like, hey, I want to do this as a professional recording, you know, and they'll partner with you. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I, just, I think of those lyrics because it's like, um, you know, of everything we know, everything we can learn, right? It's kind of like what you're saying about making making you a better person. Um, how often are we using what we know? Like you see, what, holy cow, like political arguments, religious stuff, sports, anything. Other people take, oh, I know this and that, and I'm gonna, you know, try and use it to prove my point further, make myself look good. It's like that's not what knowledge is for. It's supposed to help make us better people. You know, and so are we using it to edify? Like you say with the, the Consecrated Life Project, which I think, well, I, I love that, by the way. That, the whole idea is so cool. Like, that's a way that we're trying to use knowledge that we gain from experience to help others and 
improve ourselves in the process. So just, wow, just I could go on for ages about that. But. <laughs> so one thing that was interesting for me is that I found people find and hear and understand the spirit in different ways. You know, we all have our different gifts. Some people see, some people hear, some people just have this inner knowing or it comes through songs or it comes through other people and we get our answers in different ways. So in part of these interviews, we're talking about how is it you feel the spirit? When do you feel closest to God? How is this working in your life? Because I think as people listen to the stories and see their wide, diverse range, it'll wake them up to their own gifts. Be like, oh, wait, I see that in me. Or, oh, yeah, that's happened for me. Maybe that's how I'm feeling the spirit. And be able to really go to God and seek that personal revelation, that knowledge for yourself of how is God working in my life? How does he speak to me? How does he speak through me? How does he calling me to serve? And seeing other people's stories kind of helps open our mind to the possibilities and maybe to notice some things that we hadn't noticed before. Wow. You know what? The Spirit's guiding you in what you say here because I just yesterday finished, was it chapter 5 or 6 from that uh, book I got for my birthday on uh, hearing the voice of the Lord and uh, the still small voice and what that feels like, right? And part of the thing he mentions in there, with you know, kind of relating to gaining knowledge from the Holy Ghost, is um, he poses the question, "What does it mean to feel a voice?" I'm like, "Good question." <laughs> and you know, he kind of uses um, <clears throat> different uh, metaphors to explain things. You know how like the Nephites felt it when the Savior visited them in, in ancient Americas, and um, like different quotes from prophets, and just kind of using the best, kind of the best words we have in mortal language to define how we get knowledge and inspiration from the Holy Ghost and how that feels. And just the whole still small part of it is what stuck out to me. It's like, you know, we, we, we I think we, after reading that, I think we underestimate the value of the still small part of it, right? It's like, oh, I want these big, you know, huge, whoa, burning in the bosom thing. It's like, well, that can happen, but. I think it's the, he referenced a part in the Doctrine and Covenants where um, he mentions that whole, you know, just little thought, little thing, kind of thing he puts in your mind for a second. And this verse he mentioned in the Doctrine and Covenants said, that is the spirit of a revelation by which Moses led the children of Israel out of the wilderness, out of Egypt. And I'm like, wait a minute. So that's saying the still small voice was what prompted Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. It wasn't some big vision. It was a still small voice. That was it. That was the only thing that motivated him to do that. I'm like, we really underestimate the power of that, don't we? It's like, wow. Yeah, well, sometimes I feel like that burning in the bosom, you feel like it could be this massive, like, oh my gosh. But sometimes I'll be praying and I'll get an answer and I will, it's almost like I can hear the words, but it's not an audible voice. It's almost like a knowing that I will kind of understand yeah, this is what I need to do, or it'll come out in a sentence clearly, but it still sounds like it's just a thought. Does that make sense? Like, it doesn't sound like it's an outside voice. It just yeah. sounds like it's a thought. But in that moment, it'll just be like this, this still small knowing that comes to me, and it really, it like, it's more of a burning of gratitude, of like, wow, thank you so much that you just, like, enlightened me with what I needed in this exact moment. Yeah. And so in that way, the burning comes more for me in a gratitude kind of a way of, wow, God is so good, you know, or those moments when tender mercies happen and things just align and you're like feeling like your whole day was messed up and didn't go the way that it was supposed to. And then something happens and you're like, oh my goodness, I was put here in this exact moment for this exact time for this one interaction. 
that maybe looked like the rest of my day fell apart and I was three hours later than I was planning to be to end up in this one spot. I walked on this sidewalk rather than that sidewalk and I ended up on this bench with that person and God orchestrated 48 hours before the entire structure of my life to put me in that place on that bench with that single person because they needed to know that God loved them. And it is the coolest thing. Yeah. It's like, I, I've been noticing more of that myself recently, how God's in all the tiny details, just with like, you know, of, uh, my wife's health and people I've been talking to with, you know, it's just, he's so in the details, you know, and if we just pay attention to what he wants to, the knowledge he wants to share with us, it's like, here, let, let me help you. By the way, you need to know this for, for this date and this time and, and uh, go, go here because you'll, you'll learn this about this person and you'll, you'll want to talk to them about this and that will lead you this way and all these things, things, right? And it's, so, man, just the master engineer of our lives, if you will, right? So That's really cool. I'm sure that with what you're doing with stepping into freedom, that he guides you to people. That's how I found you, or you found me. <laughs> well, I, the funny thing, if, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this uh, to, our, to my listeners yet, but one of the reasons that this podcast got to where it is today, and I was like, like shocked. I, I, I don't know if you guys, if our listeners on Facebook, if you, those of you who are on Facebook remember the post where I was like, I posted that this podcast was like, for the one day, was like number 11 globally in Christianity. And I'm like, oh, what? Okay, I am not this popular. And the reason it even got to that point, Livia, that, that you mentioned that was because um, the Lord did the same thing. He kind of did the little details, right? He did one little thing, and he said to me, hey, message all these famous people. They'll help you. They'll write on their, their coattails, right? They'll give you a voice. And so I messaged like Gladys Knight. And um, David Archuleta and Lindsay Sterling, I'm like, I don't expect anybody to write back to me. And I messaged Jenny Oaks Baker, and she was the one who wrote back to me for episode seven. I'm like, well, that's cool, wow. And so she did that, and then what, you know, one time after that, I'm finding other people, and so, so what, the next person who is quote unquote somebody, right? Not little old me, listened to Jenny's episode, and they're like, oh, well, I like what you're doing, I'll be on the show. And that kind of, like, she was the first domino. And God was engineering things the whole time. That was him. And he just kind of like, oh, okay, this person, and then you'll, you'll have, this will spark this person on your people you may know list on Facebook, so go find them. And, and then the other, one after another after another, I'm like, okay, thank you, Heavenly Father. One, you're just doing this for me. It's like... <laughs> like one of those quiet gratitude moments, because I've totally found that with the Consecrated Life Project, too. It's like people I know and the people I don't know and the people I hear speak, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to talk to you. And just realizing that they have a place to share the faith story is important because I feel like so many of us don't. We just keep that part in ourselves and then we go out and we try to do good, but people don't see behind, you know, or they see you're all this successful, happy person now, but they don't know the struggle you went through to get there. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to share that and have them have a place to share that part of them, to be able to have their audience then say, hey, I did this interview if you want to listen. I mean, if they're not a Christian audience, but be able to hear it and see the other side, another part that's a deep core of who they are, to be yeah. able to share that and cool. hopefully guide more people to Christ. Yeah. Well, and then the freeing part of that too, with the, with the you know, purpose of today's episode is that, you know, not only are you being set free because you're learning from other people's stories, but... You're being set free and learning about your own experience and how, how it relates to others and how you can help people, and it just kind of expands everyone. You know, it helps that uh, you know everyone in that uh, what do you call it, that proverbial proximity. It sets us all free and, and helps us connect to each other. Um, which kind of, if you think of it on a global aspect, leads into my next question for you. Um, there's a phrase 
I saw first from that, uh, I think I told you about that meme from Fight the New Drug, which I totally loved. It says, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, so if you become like Christ, he's the only true realist, you will see everything and everyone as they really are. And, you know, like Dr. Covenant 93, truth is a, a knowledge of things as they really are, as they were, and as they are to come. So with that in mind, I think some of the most um, life-changing moments, especially for me, I know, uh, that anybody can have, you know, are those where there's that piece of truth in your mind that's just, you know, that we've, you know, we've been striving to have faith in and live by, but it has yet to kind of truly, like, be part of your heart, soul, you know, um, engraved in us. And then, you know, when it is, when that happens, it becomes so deeply a part of us that it's like, like the way we see the world shifts and we have this, like, paradigm shift in us, if you will. So can you talk about any of those kinds of moments where something you learned, something you came to know, um, like that firmly and that, like in your mind and heart that helped for you? Yes, for sure. First, I need to mention a conference talk I was listening to this morning. It was from April 1996, and it's called That Ye May Know. And it's talking about how we find this knowledge through the Holy Ghost. Like man can say all that they want, but you really know it when the Holy Ghost speaks it to your heart. And they mentioned something similar, how you were saying, I speak from my experience and you listen from yours. And that's why communication is struggling because we all do it ourselves. And we, I know what I know because of my experience. And you know what you know because of yours, but based on your experience, how you take what I say is different. You know what I mean? And so we all have these miscommunications when what I intended wasn't what the receiver heard or what they said wasn't what I received. You know what I mean? And so when we, allow the Holy Ghost to be part of our life and seek that truth. That's why even in conference, they say, I don't take my word for it. I want you to pray and seek knowledge from God yourself. Because what you heard from them might have been taken with your mortal lens of your experience, and you might not fully understand it the way God intended it. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to speak to your heart, then you'll get it. And so I love that. So that was a super powerful talk this morning. I was like, hmm, interesting. I was led to that one this morning since we're talking about cool. it. It's, uh, it's like, um, what was it, um, which uh, Apostle 70 was it in a few, maybe a year or so, so ago in conference? He said, what I say will not be as important as what the Holy Ghost teaches you. Yep, that's for sure. And every time I do anything like this or go do a talk or say a prayer, anything when I'm going to like speak to people, whether it's at a conference or on a podcast or in my interviews or whatever, I always, always pray before that God will tell me what to say. That, you know, I just get to show up and I have the mortal vocal cords that speak sound and <laughs> he gets to tell me what to say. And, you know, he gave me certain experiences for sharing at certain moments in the future and he'll tell me which ones are when. Yeah. So it's really cool to watch awesome. what happens. Anyway, so back to your question, you were saying experiences when it really sunk in for me. Yeah, when there's that paradigm shift kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So I remember always believing, you know, that Christ had the atonement and it suffered and it was for sin and for sorrow and, you know, all these things when you make these bad choices that you can repent. But I felt like I was always a good kid and I didn't have any really big anything that I was like, yeah, like, I believe it, you know what I mean? But I felt like it had to be something deeper you know, that it was a big sin and you could repent for it. I didn't really, like, I knew the atonement covered everything, but I didn't really feel it in here. You know, I knew it logically, but I didn't, it wasn't the core of me. And I was pregnant with my third baby and I got so sick. My husband was in school full time and working one or two other jobs and he was just gone all the time. So I was basically living it like a single mom, two little kids under four and one pregnant and pregnant. And I couldn't 
do what I needed to do to take care of them. I actually ended up moving in and living with my mom and put mattresses on the floor and baby's crib. And I was there for two months and it was like, I was so sick. I would just lay in that bed and she would bring me food and make sure I ate and take care of the kids and they'd go play with grandma. And it was just like feeling that this is my duty as a mom to be able to take care of my kids. And yet I can't, and I want to, the desire is in my heart. My body's not cooperating. And I really came to the point of, you know what, I'm here and I would study scriptures and things and I would learn more. I really came to feel and understand that God suffered all that he understands every pain and every sorrow and every sickness. And really there's been multiple times over my life when he's taught me, you know what, I know you like to do it all. And I know you like to feel like you can do it all, but guess what? You can't, you need other people and you need to be able to learn to receive and allow them to serve and allow yourself to have that. And so it was this intimate moment of God knows what it's like for me to have little kids that I can't take care of and to have to have someone help me. God knows what it's like to feel like I can't even eat, <laughs> you know, and he knows that and he knows it intimately. And I can have comfort in that fact that he does know, you know, my knowledge of him and who he is and the atonement that he suffered for me in every aspect of life has been phenomenally helpful in my life since that point and really realizing and more personalizing the sacrifice that Christ gave for me wow. and for each so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, that, that personal thing is key, I think, too, right? I mean, how many times does, I'm sure the Lord have to take something he teaches us and be like, okay, you, you need to receive this differently than everybody else, so here's how we're going to present this to you. And that can, can be the case. I think some of the things that at a certain point in our lives, we, I think we all come up against something that, you know, that we learn that just, maybe that's something that prophets teach or, or maybe it's, Something we find in the scriptures that's confusing, that just doesn't, something we, we just feel weird about it, you know? Maybe it's a, a church policy we learn about, or I don't know, anything like that. And uh, to each individual, right, we, we, I think we sometimes we find this, this new information that it's like, oh, wait a minute, this, this doesn't quite, this is clashing against what, what, how I perceive the world kind of thing, right? And um, when I first heard that, like I first heard Elder Oaks, or President Oaks now, but when I first heard him saying, you know, oh, we, we don't know um, for sure, you know, we have, it hasn't been revealed whether or not some people are, are born gay, for example, or not. Like at, at a few years back when he had said that, was it five years ago now, something like that? First time I heard that, in my mind, from my worldview, I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense to me. But then the other part of my brain's like, but he's in a apostles, so I have faith in that, uh, like, you know, two parts of me just button heads, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I should know that this is legit from the mouth of the Lord, through his prophet, but, hmm, how do I reconcile this new information with what I thought I knew? I'm actually curious to ask you, any suggestions you'd have for our listeners who come up against that kind of thing? For the most part, I just find that I need to trust in the Lord trust in his timing, trust in his wisdom. You know, I'm sure Noah didn't know originally why I'm building a boat, you know. He didn't probably like the fact that half the world was going to get wiped out and that he was the only one surviving in his ark with his family. They don't always know. Like I talked about when the brother of Jared thing, that they 
followed that still small voice. They followed the Lord and then they got to the water and then they stopped. And they're like, hey, I think this is the end because they hit the water. So they camped there for four years. And then God's like, hey, wake up. Hello, I'm still here. I still want to guide you. You're not done. And they just thought I hit the water, so I'm done. So we don't really know all the mysteries of God, but that's where it comes to knowing and learning individually. And just like the miracles happened in the people, the guy who it was the guy who was blind in the scriptures, and they said, well, why was he blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? And they're like, no, he didn't. He was born this way so that the glory of God could be made manifest in him. So I don't know all of the details on why things are the way they are in any situation. You know, that's for God to know. But there are certain things that I'm firm on. You know, I know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I know that he loves us. I know that he performed the atonement and that we can be resurrected and live with him and with God forever. I know that for a surety. If, you know, Jesus was resurrected on Tuesday or Wednesday, doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> the fact that I know that we are all children of God, that he loves every single one of us, and that that atonement counts for every single one of us, that I know. Why some people are born into severe poverty and being oppressed in other countries and why I was blessed to be born in Utah with the church all around me, you know, I don't know why that's the way. But I know that God knows each of us individually and that he put us in the specific situation to help us grow the most and puts people in our lives and in our circles to help us grow, to have the attributes of him, to have patience, to have love, to have compassion, mm -hmm. to really learn to love everyone no matter what. Yeah. Well, it's, you mentioned that, like, just kind of for listeners here, the, with that personal situation with me where I thought, you know, that quote from President Oaks in the video there, I was asking my wife about this because I'm like, okay, two parts of me are button heads here and with the whole, you know, you know, focus on the basics, what's important, right? Like you were mentioning, um, my wife did that very thing for me. She's, at one point, she's like, okay, well, let's, let's look at the basics. Jesus loves them. Yeah, okay, yeah, we know that. Um, he speaks to his apostles. Yes, we know that. Okay. Now let's get even more basic. Even whether they are or are not born that way, um, don't you think Christ's atonement is infinite enough to cover that little hiccup there? And I'm like, like, face palm, duh, like, the basics, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. So it doesn't, well, for, and then that, that's when my mind, I was like, so the knowledge came to me in that moment. It's like, A, does it really matter whether they're born that way or not? What matters is, are we encouraging them with love? And are we you know, encouraging them to take advantage of the blessings of Christ's atonement? And, and B, you know, that's what the purpose of it all is anyways. It's like, once you realize that the light of Christ overcomes everything else, once you know that, and you have that knowledge in your heart, it's like, okay, well, let's just... You know, focus on the big picture here and let God take the reins, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, it really is just trusting him that on this life we will not know everything. You know, God tells us we can learn the mysteries of God if we will seek him with earnestness and wanting to know. But some things we're not meant to know. We're meant to go on faith. Some things he'll teach us one by one that aren't meant for, mm -hmm. you know, the whole masses to know. But just that the Holy Ghost will speak to your heart in your mind in the moment when you need it. Yep. So a couple years ago, um, my grandma died. She was 102, and she's amazing, and I love her so much. And I think of it as how the world sees things versus how God sees things. God's ways are not man's ways, right? We have this 
deeper knowledge that comes when we seek God for our understanding. So I think about it and I'm like, okay, so in the world, someone dies and people are like, oh, it's so sad. And they go into anger and pain and suffering and sadness and all these things. When, if we can see it through God's lens of, wow, they just stepped into an eternal existence, then rather than seeing this as painful and sad and sorrowful, we can rejoice for those people that we love. We can celebrate their legacy. We can be filled with love and joy and peace and knowing that we have our family and that they're forever. And it's really cool. So there's another conference talk that I was listening to last week, I think, it was April 2019. It's called Seeking Knowledge by the Spirit. And they talked about how it's the physical mind's knowledge versus the spirit testifying and how we have two eyes. And if I cover one eye, I can see, okay, but I don't have the depth that I would when I have two eyes. So when we know with our physical mind and we know with our spiritual eyes, those come together and create a more complete three-dimensional, more depth to our life, more depth to our picture and help us to more fully understand. So I find that that's super important and that if we do that, we can decide how we're gonna to respond to something. You know, are we going to go with anger, retaliation and justice and you know, this, I feel wrong, so I'm going to get back at this. Or are we going to say, well, okay, God, I trust you that if this experience came into my life, what am I supposed to learn from this? What are you trying to teach me? How can I show up as Jesus would? How can I show up in patience and love and kindness? How can I make a difference in the space and the circumstance that I've been placed in, whether or not I like how I got here? Yeah, totally. Well, it's, it's, when you mentioned the whole, like, the, the idea of, people die they like the whole sadness thing that's one other way where you know like I'm glad you mentioned that example that's another way that you know we can be set free by what we what we know and how when we learn the truth about that like you said it's like oh I now I know at a certain point in your life people's lives hopefully now I know that um, death is not the end that I will see them again and that knowledge once it's in your mind and heart it's like you, you become more free because it's like you, there's less reasons for grief and regrets to weigh you down. You know, it's. I was thinking of. Um, oh, what's that thing I've been seeing floating around on Facebook again? It's so uh, that says, you know, I no, I don't believe you're going to hell because you believe differently than me. And you know, in, in, in Latter-day Saint theology, you know, that's a part of it. Is that everybody will have a chance to accept the gospel, whether it be in this life or the next. And so when people pass on, it's like, you know, hope, all hope is not lost. There is still a chance for freedom for them, as far as we know. You know, like God has the numbers and we don't know that, but because he does know, like there, there's kind of an emotional freedom in that thinking, it's not the end, there's something else. You know, I, we can be with our families forever. That's a freeing thing too, right? So, well, do you have any final thoughts from listeners today about how knowledge can help free them? But God loves you. Go to him, and he can help you know the truth of all things. And anything that's weighing on your soul and that's filling you distraught and distracted or uncertain and unclear, that if you seek him with real intent, that he will help you and he will guide you. If you say, teach me this, but I already know what I think and I'm really not caring what you think. <laughs> you know, like, I'm praying because they told me to pray about it, but I don't really feel like you're going to answer me or, but I already know the answer, you know, then you're not really going to be open to receiving the witness that the Spirit has for you. So if you go really seeking to know based on the fact that, hey God, I want to do what you want. You know, I want to align my will with yours. I want to see the eternal
internal perspective of things. And if you'll show me it, then I will live that. Instead of applying what he's going to teach you, then you're not really going with the real content. Thanks for listening, everyone. In the next episode, we have Michael R. Hicks talking about righteous motivation. And many of my listeners probably know, Michael's music is quite well known, especially for his uh, EFY medley, such as in Zion, will bring the world his truth, and has, his music has won many awards, of course, over the years for his work. Um, he served a full-time mission for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in the uh, California Santa Rosa Mission, taught seminary at uh, Mountain View High School in Orem, uh, Utah, has produced seven of his own CDs, the latest one being Hymn Creations. So that's going to be a great episode, looking forward to it. If any of you have questions about this episode, or uh, someone you know wants to participate or wants something specific discussed, please send me an email at thepulsifier at gmail.com, that's in the description. Um, if you like what you heard today, and something helped you out, please go give the follow link a click on paulpulsifier.podomatic.com. Um, or, and subscribe on any of the platforms listed on the homepage there. There's a lot of them now. I think there's like 15 or 16 there now, more than that. But anyways, um, also written reviews are very, very helpful to help others find the goodness you may have found here. So if you can leave one of those on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be great. Um, so have a great day, everyone. And remember to stand steadfastly in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul Pulsifer. <laughs>